0: Alright everyone, welcome to Safety with Purpose. My name is Scott McKenzie, but you know that. I've got my coffee in hand. I'm ready to get to working. And, and and for you safety Sherpas out there, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart that you're joining Safety with Purpose. If you want to get a hold of us any way, shape, or form, you know you can. Just go out to safetywithpurpose.com, reach out. I'd love to have a conversation with you. So let's get the show on the road. Got a great interview. Hope everybody's safe. Of course I hope everybody's safe because this is a safety-focused podcast. Why wouldn't I hope that? Anyway, we've got a great, great interview. This one is with a gentleman that's in the UK, and we just had a great time. So that is going—that's up and coming. But before we get going, you know what we got to do?
1: Tailgate Talk Number One.
0: Okay, because this interview is a little long. Uh, I just want you to go out to guide. And I want there there is a, uh, with safeopedia go out to guide. And there is a, uh, like, I, remember, I told you that I love checklists. Well, here's another one. Contractor Management Solutions Checklist. How can you go wrong with a checklist? It's great stuff. It can give you just the focus you need or you can expand. It doesn't matter. It's a checklist. It is all designed for you to me. You know, a success at what you're trying to do from a safety point of view, from an implementation point of view. Yeah, right there. That's out on safepedia.com. Okay, we've got an interview with a gentleman by the name of Steve Laws. He is uh, Director of Compliance and Safety at The Test Group. That's T-E-S-S group. And uh, without me just uh, constantly talking about it, let's get going with the interview. Here is Steve Law. Enjoy the conversation. All right. Welcome, Steve Laws. He is the Director of Compliance and Safety with the Test Group. How are you doing? And welcome to Safety with Purpose. How are you doing? Got I'm doing really well. How are you? Well, and of course, I, uh, I, I didn't keep up my end of the bargain yesterday, and I just sort of canceled on you yesterday. This would have been done yesterday, but uh, those things don't happen. But you're super flexible and welcome. Thank you very much for your flexibility. Hey, for the listeners out there, uh, Steve, let's Let's give a little uh, background into who you are and why you're such an incredible safety professional.
1: Well, okay, yeah, Scott. So uh, I'm here and based in the UK. Uh, kind of my background is I was a police officer for 30 years and, and all that knowledge and understanding of. I, I of, have to um, interrupt.
0: Why do they call you a, a Bobby? Why Why is a Bobby called a Bobby? It, it goes
1: right the way back to uh, to Robert Peel. Robert Peel who started what? the police in. In London, uh, Robert or Bobby is a nickname of Robert. So they became
0: Robert Peel's <laughs> right. uh, Bobby. Adding that's value, adding value with safety with purpose. There you go. Continue. I'm sorry. I just had well, to ask that question. <laughs>
1: that's okay. You were drinking that. I always had to think a little bit about that before I answered. <laughs> well, uh, Scott, having all that police experience uh, and uh, retiring from the police, it was my next step. Thinking where I was going to go as a, as a, as a, you know, my professional career uh, and the passion I have in protecting people, and um, the, towards the end of my career, I I went into leadership and development, became a trainer, uh, led a training school, training new recruits, and because I was working in a community in a college of further education, it allowed me to network and to see where my, where, where the opportunities were, and that that led me to starting a training business. So. Working with a colleague who was again a former police officer who was at that time a safety officer at Premiership Football Club in the UK um, offered me a business opportunity essentially to write a course for traffic management for the safety of people getting in and out of an event in their vehicles, parking and walking into the stadium, uh, which I did and it was an instant hit uh, with um, security and and, uh, sports venues in the UK So we started to deliver that, and that moved me into um, training uh, throughout the sport, if you like, sports arena or the stewarding uh, supervisors, the safety officers, providing them with the necessary qualifications they need to do their job.
0: So you come to uh, Safety With Purpose with a tremendous amount of uh, street cred, quite frankly. Well done, well done. (laughs) Hey, okay, so on a serious note, and and what makes this interview so interesting, uh, Steve, is we've got a, a recent situation, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about crowd safety, and we're going to yes. talk a little bit about risk analysis, sort of have those tangible steps sort of laid out for the listeners. But this is sort of in line with what took place in Sri Lanka, and even in, uh, I think, Wembley a couple of years ago. I think that this is real important because the world is changing, and, it, and if you're a safety professional, if you are considered a safety professional, continuous education is vital because the world is changing so drastically. Why don't you sort of lay out a little bit about that crowd safety around, uh, and risk analysis in this ever-changing world? Thank you, Scott. Now, I've been thinking a
1: lot about what happened in Sri Lanka and and how you could have prevented that sort of situation. Now, um, you can do so much and it still can happen. I need to acknowledge that, that that you never completely eliminate the risk. However, you can take steps to mitigate and prevent and try and discourage. Um, And and I thought, what did Sri Lanka look and feel like the day before? Now, it is a holiday destination, tourists there, residents from all over the world. Local population were happy, and did they think the next day that tragedy, all those explosions, 290 uh, injured, did they think that would happen on a Christian religious festival? Well, probably, if you ask them, they would say absolutely not. So, for me, reflecting on that, uh, and for my, uh, if I sector of expertise and, and the safety of people at sporting events. Um, It reminds me that when you're at your most happiest and complacent and and satisfied, everything's going well, you actually are at your highest risk because you never know what's going to happen around the corner. So being, um, looking at that situation and thinking, okay, what could happen? What is my worst case scenario? And having that constantly in your mind. And it's a difficult thing to do because human nature is to relax and to be happy and to smile uh, and not to think about what the worst case scenario would be but for me it's what you should be doing and thinking okay if that happened tomorrow what could i do have i done enough up to this point to prepare to plan to prevent and and that's the key three words i'm looking for really in anything that i do when i'm speaking to um security and and safety professionals have Uh, you done i'm
0: going to interrupt real quick can you reiterate those three points again okay it's it's planning preparing and
1: and i and am i ready so you're that that can you protect your people that you're looking after so the planning and preparation is really really key and can i actually protect them today if they're coming to my venue coming to my event um have i done enough
0: yeah uh, i you know the the sad reality of it when you said hey happy and complacent and just living live people the majority of people are just living live just having a grand old time and and it it's it's bad people and to try to properly plan prepare and 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 assess whether you're ready is a challenge because unfortunately situations like sri lanka and other attacks Recognize a weakness in those three points, and then, and then through that you, you beef that up, and then the individuals find another weak point, and it's once again gets down to we're happy and complacent, and and it, it's 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 a never-ending battle. It's 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 never-ending. It, you, you're quite you're quite right, Scott.
1: And I think the key is to be um, is to have really good partnerships with your. National safety and security agencies So, no no't matter where in your world you are every country has that response and has that responsibility so there's information that you can share and is shared um, across um, you know, across the, the you know the government and the private sector so when you're looking at the safety of the public it's a shared responsibility so thinking about how you work with other agencies to ask the right questions and this is the key to that have I asked? the right questions to protect the people that i'm looking after so what is current what what is the information that i need to know about and um, is my venue a threat is it is it uh, is it under threat is it uh, vulnerable so it's looking at the safety and security we we look at we look at two two factors in the uk we look at what's called the p and the s factor so the p factor is 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 about the physicality of your venue have i done everything to protect it. So, and recently um, you, you'll you see um, extended bag searches, more searching, an outer perimeter around your venue where you may be doing a soft ticket check, um, looking at having a clear bag policy, limiting what can be brought into the stadium. Those are deterrents and also detect um, things that shouldn't be brought in so they can be left outside the stadium. But there's also the S factor as well, and that's where I concentrate as, as well on, and that's the your safety and security management. So what does, what does your management know? How well are they being trained? How competent are they today? Not perhaps some years ago when they gained their qualifications um, to be qualified and to, to have a bona fide reason to be where they are but are, have they maintained their continued, continual professional development have they um, maintained cpd and how competent are they today so that's a safety management How's, how good is a safety management uh, and also what actually can happen so have they tested their contingency plans do they know that their steward? and their safety teams know exactly what is expected of them in an emergency and know that they're going to carry out those, those functions and duties. So it's a, it's a complicated picture, and it's not something that you can ever step away from and say, do you know what, I'm pretty happy and satisfied with what I'm doing because tomorrow is the next day.
0: Yeah, it, boy, I'll tell you, God bless you and God bless all of the individuals that are finding themselves in this, in, for lack of a better term, battle to keep people safe, to, to, uh, secure, uh, public areas. Uh, I, it's just, it's just a nonstop. So what we have are two, two factors that I want to make sure that the listeners understand one, the P factor, that's the physicality of that location. And correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure that I uh, explain this once again, in a, a semi succinct, not like you, <laughs> it's me. Um, this is where the physicality, the checking of the bags, the the uh, going into that public uh, area, and being more focused on creating deterrence to prevent people from going into those areas with with uh, with problems. And then the second one is the S factor, and that is your safety and security, sort of the plan, the the, the nonstop, always planning, always making sure that's your safety and security factor. Did I do that okay? Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's all. Thank you. Yeah, so, I'm trying. I'm trying to digest it as much as I possibly can. You're the pro. <laughs> thank you. Well, well, even even myself, we 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 have
1: we have a number of, if you like, guidance documents in the UK that that um, that are uh, written and uh, um, produced by government. One of them is through um, an organisation called the uh, um, Sports Ground Safety Authority. They produce what's called the Green Guide. It's a coined phrase in relation to green being sports stadium and football grounds. We often have a green pitch, so we call them the Green Guide. So they, they've they really identified this PS factor. And, it, and it's, again, that's that standardised approach across all sports venues. Um, so you know that the responsibility for the safety officer when they're looking at safety security, they're looking at a P P and the S factor. So that standardizes the approach, but they still need to know what underpins um, the, the knowledge and understanding of what safe looks like. Can I actually do this?
0: Uh, so so you got the, 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 the P and an S factor. I understand it. That makes sense. Is there something that individuals can do, companies can do from an, from a i guess uh research are, are they getting some indication of of things that are taking place like is there some sort of buzz that 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 is creating a focus on potential risk does that make sense well
1: i guess in the in the usa you'll, you'll share a similar sort of process that we have in the uk where where there are intelligence bulletins and i i i have I have bulletins sent to me every day through, from, from National Security Agency uh, in the UK that, that alerts me to things like the uh, the environmental protests in in London. So and and I I email those out to my network so they so they have an awareness of what's happening and that's that's a daily briefing. So you have to be within that network, but that's the responsibilities of your safety professionals to have those links. So so being able to. To join that network, you have that constant update, and even before you'll see on the news what's happening. Those in, those that information will come through, and we, you know, and I'm as one of the um, it's a focus points to, to to disseminate information amongst hundreds more around the country. I'll push that out to my network so they are briefed about what's going, and that's really important because you can read that the day before uh, yeah. your event and say, how does that affect me? Is there anything that I need to do? To 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 um, now that I'm aware of that, to make sure and see what the impacts are onto my venue. So that that is part of you know, like the security network and the, and the information sharing that happens.
0: So there's there's plenty of resources out there to really help you with your ability to be able to properly secure a venue and um, be prepared as much as you possibly can. Granted, there's you know there's you, know, you do the best you can. I understand that. Now. Yeah. One of the areas that that I'm passionate about, and that's education, because what I find, and and you can correct me, but what I find is that if I was a doctor, I would I would continuously educate myself because things change. I, I'm not I'm not going to apply um, doctor knowledge 20 years ago to my patient today, am I? You know, it might just be an aspirin, but recognize that. There's this tremendous amount of knowledge and uh, learning that has gone on for the past twenty years. The same thing, the same reality applies to safety professionals. But for whatever reason, we go through our certification, we go through whatever the training is, and then we just sort of thought that that's it, man, I'm done and 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 we don't we don't continuously or uh, develop our skills. Why is that a problem?
1: I think for a lot of security and safety professionals, uh, the demands of what they do sometimes precludes the time needed to take some of your qualifications and professional development. However, there are benchmarks for your competency and one of those is um, qualifications that are required within the industry. So. Um, the regulation of a sports ground will be the responsibility of the local authority. They may say in their, um, their license for that event, for that venue, that the safety officer must have a, um, qualifications. Where do they get that from? The guidance documents produced like the Green Guide that will, that will guide safety professionals to, to gain a necessary um, safety uh, spectator safety management diploma, but it doesn't stop there, Scott, because that is a moment in time that says you're competent when you pass, pass the qualification. So it's maintaining and keeping keeping in head of, ahead of what is happening and going back um, to um, doing more courses to to read widely and to make sure that you're learning from other professionals. Now I I I always um, uh, keep in touch with uh, my university lecturers that when I went through. Uh, my degree of the police to gain more knowledge so that I could impart that back to the safety safety professionals I was training, um, making sure that I keep in touch with them so that I read their articles that they're producing all the time, and I, I keep my knowledge um, current as to what they're thinking about CrideSide, so not just about about dynamics of crowds, about how they move in and out of the stadiums, but the psychologies of crowds as well, how they behave and how that how that changes over time. So um, it's, it's seeing what's happening and how we learn from the, the international events that we, we participate in as well. And going back to London the Olympics in, in, in the UK, London 2012, yep. um, before then, the, 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 the phrase that was coined after during that event, the last mile, didn't exist, but it was something that was talked about, developed and um, is now um talked about and it is, is a benchmark for other Olympic events and it's that egress in and out of the venue between the venue and a transport hub. So that might be a bus station, it might be a train station, might be underground. But your responsibilities as a safety officer doesn't stop at the turnstile. And, and it's been coined, it's been um, further expanded now and it's now called zone X, EX for the exterior. So you have a responsibility to work with your other agencies to make sure people can get in and out. And of course they are kept safe whilst they're doing so because they're just as vulnerable
0: outside of the stadium as they are inside. It, it, it is. And, and, uh, that that's, that's impressive. I mean, that, that's, especially for the Olympics, the London Olympics and, and, uh, having done some business in London, that's, that's a challenging environment just, just in general. Because people are going in and out, in and out, and it's just—it's there's just—it's just quantity of people everywhere. It's hard. And
1: it's—and it's—and it's, and that's the challenge. The movement of people um, movement. Yeah, is, is a is a bigger challenge than actually when they're in a stadium. Because once they're in, they're yeah. in. They're sat down and they're watching. You know, they're having a great time, and that's and that's absolutely fabulous. However, the legacy of your event often isn't the great sports spectacle inside the stadium um it's it's your experience arriving and leaving Uh, and quite often if you get that wrong uh and you're caught in a traffic jam either getting in or usually getting out and you take hours to get home that's what you remember so um if you if you then ask how was that how was that football match the other day i said well yeah it was a great we won but boy with that traffic on the way home i took hours and that's what you remember so you may not even want to go in next time because do you know what it'd be easy to watch it on the telly yeah you get the hd quality yeah why not man great think, shots <laughs> and for live sports for the venues that's the issue you want to attract people in there you want them to to actually be there the draw will always be there to watch your you know what what's your team play live but but it's making sure that you have that joined up thinking about safety and security, but also the management because it's not just about that, it's about the commerciality of the stadium. How can I make sure that I'm working with my commercial partners to make yeah. sure everyone's having a great time and you know making sure that everyone um, has everything that they require and need and expect?
0: Well, I gotta tell you here's a here's a little deviation from our conversation. I had the opportunity now this is not a premier level, but i I attended the Bristol Rovers. Football Club uh, match when I was in Bristol and it was a fantastic experience and so it, it was I I, I love the spectacle of it I love the chanting uh, of course I wasn't chanting but it was it is an experience for people to um, be a part of and I really and and you know God bless you guys for keeping the people safe because it is a fun time it is an ex- Exceptionally fun time. Uh, absolutely, I think that's great. You've had that experience because
1: oh, yeah. you've seen you've seen sport in a different country in a different yeah. environment. Perhaps you may have experienced uh, in 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 the USA for you know whether you would be going to uh, different types of uh, uh, football or basketball or or baseball events. Um, I think football is a unique environment. It's, yep. It sometimes can be quite tribal, very much one team against the other, and the supporters. Um, uh, Behaviour has become quite challenged to 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 manage. Uh, however, the atmosphere is 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 excitable. It's a, you know it's infectious, and I think that's the that's the beauty of, of watching live sport. Absolutely. You know, and and our jobs as safety professionals and making sure whilst they're doing that that they're safe. Um, not only inside the stadium but outside as well. And that, that comes back to their physicality. And interestingly, went to to Bristol Rovers because they have trialed um, different types of seating. So, in fact, you have to stand in the stadium rather than the sit down. It's called rail seating that can be pulled back. So, you can actually stand up safely rather than sit down. So, it's always a thing, you know, you know goal scored, everyone wants to stand up and then they have to sit down. Then they stand up and have to sit down. So, it's you know, it's going back to what we did have in the, in the UK before, before some very important uh, tragic events, such as like the Hillsborough disaster, where that was a big sea change after the Taylor Report, where oh. sports stadiums were made all-seater. Uh, but again, it's a changing, evolving world. And you, know, and you, go, you look elsewhere, on the continent, in Germany, for example, people can stand up. In France, they can stand up. So it's a, it's a big, lively conversation at the moment. Whether she returned returned to uh, standing in stadia,
0: right, uh, and 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 that highlights the realities of our market and the constant necessity to change and learn and grow because that's what that's what's happening out there in the real world where they're always absolutely. changing. Yeah, All right. absolutely. Steve, we're going to have to wrap it up. This is Steve Laws. He is the director of compliance and safety with the test Group. That's the T E S S group i don't have to spell that out and we covered the p factor and the s factor and we also talked about the plan being prepared and am i ready the factors associated with the um crowd safety and risk analysis am i leaving anything out oh oh and one last thing you can get intelligence you can get alerts that will help you in in what you're trying to accomplish and they're they're out there, right? Absolutely. Just being able to okay. tap into them. Oh, very good. Well, thank you. And and oh, one last thing. You're out there on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. You can see me on. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just
1: Google my name, Steve Laws. I will pop up. Um, I'm also on um, Twitter. You can you can find me through Safe and Trained on Twitter. So that's uh, that's my um, name on Twitter. Also our websites as well. So um, easily the um, the test group www.thetestgroup.com. But we yeah. also have another one as well, which is www.safeandtrained.com. So that's more concentrated on the safety and compliance courses we deliver. But we're out there. You could you can um, email me. You can message me on my website. So you can also link in with me. i would be happy to. link in with anyone that's listening to uh, this podcast today we can have another conversation
0: about safety and security excellent that's steve laws he's got a tremendous amount of safety street cred you need to take note you need to reach out with to him he is active on linkedin he is active on twitter make that a priority in your day so thank you very much for joining i appreciate it steve your time for the safety with purpose podcast Hang tight, listeners. We're going to be on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to get a hold of him. Thank you, Steve, for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. As an industrial professional myself, I was always passionate about sales, marketing, branding, expanding the marketplace for my company. That's what the Industrial Talk platform is all about. It's about you, the industrial company, the industrial professional, and your legacy, increasing sales. Gaining greater exposure on what you do and how you and your company changes the world. Go out to industrialtalk.com. That's industrialtalk.com. Contact me. Let's have a conversation to see how we can work with you on improving your bottom line and that you can be a part of an ever-growing network of industrial companies focused on expanding and growing and leaving a legacy. I hope to hear from you soon and be safe out there. All right, again, that is Steve Laws with an S. He is active out on LinkedIn. That is the best way to get a hold of him. I got all the other stuff connected to this particular podcast but go out to linkedin type in steve laws type in the test group boom there he is reach out i'm sure and i'm confident that he wants to talk to you and thank you again everybody who is listening to the safety with purpose podcast we love doing it it is all about a great and wonderful community of safety professionals, and you are part of it. So if there's anything that we can do, because safety is our focus, we are more than happy to do whatever is necessary to just, you know, preach the word of safety. So thank you very much. Thank you for joining the Safety with Purpose podcast. Reach out to us. We're, I guarantee you we'll get in contact with you. Take care, everybody. Be safe as always, of course, because this is a safety podcast. You got to be safe. And we will talk again later.